Welcome to Robin's Nest. We are on episode nine and we will be winding down season one of Robin's Nest next week. And we will pick up again sometime early next year, probably the second week or the first week of January, we'll see. But I wanna thank everybody again for all of your support and encouragement during this thing that I decided to start doing just on a whim. And uh, I appreciate all the listeners and I appreciate all the feedback. So thank you so much. And today we have a very, very exciting guest. By popular demand, the most frequently asked for guest on the pod, we have the one and only Larry Nekowitz. Welcome, Larry. Welcome Hi, Rob. To the pod. How are you? <laughs> how many? How many people have actually asked for me besides me? Um, one, one, two, three, four, four, four or five others. No, six, six other people. Six people wow. have said, when are you going to have Larry on? When wow. are you going to have Larry on? That's impressive. I know two of them are my kids, so. <laughs> two of them are your kids. <laughs> and one of them is probably were, my dog. Yeah, no, no. There were four <laughs> others. People okay. are very anxious to hear from you. And I would like to say in my defense, as I said in last week's episode, that after I had had Arlie and Zoe on on episodes one and two, and if you haven't heard them, please go back and listen. Please listen to all of them. Yes. I feel like, um, you know, it was just too much Nekowitz. And then I got carried away with the election and COVID and all the things. And uh, I just kind of forgot to circle back. But here you are. It's still the end of season one. We haven't reached the end of season one. And you're a guest. No, I'm honored to have made season one. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So how does it feel to be the most frequently requested guest? It feels great to be the requested guest, and I'm glad that, um, so this is episode nine, so I know Lori was on twice, right? Yeah. (laughs) So I'm the eighth guest. Correct. (laughs) So that's like the top 10. Sure. So it's very, it's very, I'm very impressed that I made it to the top 10. There's nothing more, (laughs) there's nothing that makes me happier than, you know, my wife thinking I'm within the top 10 of her closest people. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely are in the top 10. That I think we can all agree with. That's good. I'm good. Okay. So for those new to the pod or people who don't know us, uh, we have been married for 23 years and we have two daughters. One of them is 21. The oldest one, Arlie, and the younger one, Zoe, is 18. Both in college, both at the same college at Temple. Arlie is a psychology major. Um, going to pursue her career as a psychotherapist like her mother mm-hmm. and Zoe is at Temple pursuing a theater education marketing research major. career like her father <laughs> <laughs> it's the dream oh, of every no. <laughs> dream of every college student <laughs> unfortunately that ship has sailed she has no interest in yeah. anything like that in fact you should tell the listeners what it is Apparently you do for a living I've yeah. tried to figure that out for 20 years what I exactly. do for a living Exactly. But she is a theater education major. So she is a performer and she wants to teach English and also perform um, and be a theater teacher. So that's our kids. Um, And I guess people want to hear how, um, how do you think it's going so far, this whole marriage thing? Well, we've, we've lasted 23 years so far. So we have to be doing something right. If, uh, Mm -hmm if we lasted that long. So um, I think it's going great. You know, marriage is not, um, it's not easy all the time, Mm. but uh, certainly requires a lot of communication and discussion and uh, uh, compromise at times, um, working through issues and, but uh, so far, I think we've raised two wonderful kids and a wonderful dog. And, uh, and uh, yeah, well, how do you think it's going so far? I think it's going pretty well. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I, I like you a lot in addition uh, to loving you. 
This would be a terrible, a terrible time to like announce some, you know, separation, some grand yeah, separation. Like now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this yes. would be a terrible time. So, yes. um, and I and we've been in, we have been in marriage counseling at times, and we like to call it mar- uh, marriage camp. And the reason we call right. it marriage camp is because we're never really dealing with very deep issues. We're mostly cleaning up the smaller issues before they become deeper issues. Um, were those people were the same people who went to premarital counseling before we got married to address the issues I thought might happen 10 years down the road. (laughs) So, you know, we're the kind of people who kind of try to deal with things as they come up. We're the opposite of the people who just avoid, 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 or at least I am somebody who does that. How would you describe yourself? I tend to avoid, uh, and, um, I'm definitely someone who uh, historically has not confronted issues head on. Um, And that's one of the greatest things that I've learned from you is how to, uh, how to be coaxed sometimes, but how to deal with um, uh, anxieties or issues that I'm feeling. Um, And so I think, I think, that's one of, we have a good balance um, in a mm-hmm. number of issues. And I think that's one of the areas where, um, where we've done really well. Yes. Well, so. I think that that's true. And while I think that I have been kind of the leader of, you know, addressing all issues as they come up, I think that one of mm-hmm. the things that I learned from you is that not every single thing has to be addressed. You know, sometimes it's best to let it go and, um, you know, just, let it release it. And uh, if it really needs to be addressed, then it'll come around again and not everything needs to be addressed. Right. Yeah. I, I, I would say that we, um, we've both grown in that area from being on two different sides Mm -hmm. of that issue to more, I I don't think I'll ever get to the middle, but we've Mm -hmm. come, we've moved closer in that area. Yes, I, I agree. So do you think that this is going to last to this marriage? Do I think it's going to last? <laughs> well, my first marriage, <laughs> um, I, I do think it's going to last. You know, nothing's ever certain in life. I think that's um, one of the things that we've, we've learned this year. But I think we have a good foundation and we also have good coping mechanisms for when there are issues that need to be addressed. Uh, We have a way of talking about them, seeking help if we need them. And um, I think we have the tools to make it last. Yes. Do you want to tell the listeners uh, what happened on your 30th birthday? Sure, I do. So on my 30th birthday, uh, you threw me a surprise party uh, at your apartment, mm-hmm. and but you figured part- out right before we walked in. Yeah, I don't figure things out that quickly. So, mm-hmm. um, did I, I? Don't think I figured it out until I was in there. No, you figured it out as we were walking in. Something happened. I don't remember what, but it's not important. Go on. What I think we, <laughs> I think I thought we were going to paintball or something. We were like going to not some, paintball, but we were supposed or, to. I had some kind we of. We went loose. down the shore or something like that. Yes, yeah, you yes. had some story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as part of your saying stuff about me on my thirtieth birthday, you said. Well, we um, weren't married yet. We weren't married. Right. Yet. Right. But you said, um, "Happy thirtieth birthday, whatever." Um, I can't. Uh, I hope I can't wait for thirty more or something to that effect. Um, which led me to believe that at 60, I was up for renewal. Correct. And that there was, some, there was some type of evaluation um, or board meeting or performance appraisal that was going to be happening Correct. when I was 60. And yes. at, the time, at the time, it felt very far away because you're 30, right? So <laughs> 30 years from now, well, guess mm-hmm. what? Now I'm 54. Yeah, so TikTok. Yeah, so I'm six years away from finding out um, (laughs) what happens, whether I'm renewed. And so oh, I would mind your P's and Q's. I I better, especially as it gets closer. (laughs) But how how long is the renewal for? 
I, I didn't even notice you've been on your best behavior knowing that we're going to be doing this pod today. Have I? <laughs> yeah, you think that, you know, whatever you've done lately is <laughs> what's whatever you have to deal with on the pod. Yeah, you well, took out the trash at the office and you you went to Home Depot and you did all these nice things. You well, kept I do that texts. anyway. Yeah, I know. You're a good, I do that you're anyway. a good egg. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, so if I'm renewed, do I get another 30 or is it probably extended longer than no. that? It's like no, a third year mortgage. Say, yeah. Yeah. I would say 30 years. I think that that's reasonable to reevaluate every 30 years. Yeah, I think it's fair. So at 90, we'll have another yes. tribunal and you will, <laughs> and then you'll decide if you'll keep me around. For sure. So what I'm looking if, forward uh, to that. There are little things like that, that we talk about all the time. Like, you know, who, who thought when, I, you know, Larry turned 30, that I was going to, you know, all I said is, oh, you know, I hope you had a great 30 years. And I, what did I say? I hope we're together Oops, for another 30. For another thir- yeah. Yeah. Right. For another 30. And right. the very first thing you said was, well, what happens then? You said that at that time, I said, oh, I don't right. know. I didn't, I never thought about you thinking past the other 30 years. So there are certain, there are, there are things like that, you know, like that we laugh a lot about. And another one. They've, is, they've come up. I, I was going to say it, it, it came up at the beginning and then I think in my 40s, it probably didn't come up as much because it was like we kind of forgot about it. But now that I'm 54, I'm like, oh, yeah, now you're starting to get nervous. I mean, this is like, mm-hmm. this is not, this is coming up. Yeah, this so, is coming up. And yeah. another thing that someone said once, and this really makes me laugh, it makes us laugh all the time, is an old, old friend of ours. One time, you know, I was being crazy about something, I don't know what. And she, in all seriousness, turned to Larry and said, she must be a lot of fun to be married to. <laughs> because I think that when people just meet me, where they just have small amounts of Robin in their life, they just think I am a laugh a minute. I am a just- bomb diggity. Yeah, you I are am. I am. Bombasaurus. So I often will say, don't forget, yeah. I'm a lot of fun to be married to. You so really are. would you say that I am a lot of fun to be married to? And you can tell the listeners the truth. What uh, is the truth? Absolutely. <laughs> You are no, a lot really. of thi- you're a lot of things to be married to. <laughs> Such <laughs> as. You are fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're fun. I mean, you're not fun all the time. It's not like, you know, living at the circus or anything, but <laughs> but uh, you're fun, you're uh, challenging at times, you're loving, you're warm. Um you can get angry with me for no good reason. I don't know why you would ever get angry at me. Good reasons. And um, we'll get to that later in the pod. Yeah, yeah. So um, I would say you're uh, you're fun and interesting. Um, you know, there are certain things that come up that I don't really understand, but I'm sure there are <laughs> things that you don't understand about me either. So True. it's a continual discovery. It's not boring. You're not boring. No. Nobody would no. say that about you. Okay. No. I'll take that. You're I vivacious. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Larry. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the best parts of being married to each other are? So I'm going to go first. Um, okay. I think I'll that... <laughs> really anyone that has ever met you you know there's no denying that you're just a really really good human being you know I got very 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 lucky when I chose you and that you know and that we build a life together I mean you're just an incredibly good guy but I think that what has helped our marriage you know through any of the rough spots and there have definitely been rough spots like there are in any marriage is that you are hilariously funny. You are really, really funny. And one of the things that I love about you the most is that when I am difficult, which I can be difficult at times, I know that's so hard for people to believe. Not at all. Everyone will have no problem believing that. But <laughs> you um, What's you know, that that when I'm- You're not difficult, you're challenging. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, right. A line from When Harry Met Sally, which is mm-hmm. Larry's favorite movie. Um, that you have a wonderful way of being able to laugh about things very quickly, 
Like you can make fun of me in a way that is actually funny and not hurtful. So like if I say something that's a little over the top or a little too intense or a little whatever, you will find a way to make a joke about it. And I think that that has helped a lot. Mm. Well, that's good to know. Yes. And, you know, you're a wonderful dad and you're a wonderful husband and you're, you are a lot of fun to be married to. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> it's true. Now you're embarrassing me in front it's of the people. True. <laughs> well, that's very nice of you to say. Yes. So what would you say the hardest parts are of marriage, of our marriage? The or marriage in general? Parts? Yeah. Um, I think there's... What's the hardest parts of marriage? I think having, um, I think it's always more difficult when you have another person that you have to consider in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, I think one of the things that has been, that I had to adjust to is that you have a very, probably the best bullshit meter that I've ever noticed on someone Mm -hmm. so I think that you can see through the crap and you call people on their stuff Um, and at first I wasn't used to that Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of would I think in the past kind of skate by by just kind of like you mean in life before I came along yeah before you Mm -hmm. came along you know Mm -hmm. it would be easy to say something and somebody might just blow it off but if Mm -hmm. but you kind of cut to the quick and kind of figure out you know people really well Mm -hmm. so you can you can tell when they're not being on the up and up Mm -hmm. so I think that was a challenge at first because I didn't know what to do with that um, because you were on the chopping block the, yeah so I didn't know how to deal with like mm-hmm. I didn't know how to deal with some stuff and so um What's you know that? but um I, I just didn't know how to how to deal with someone um calling me on things and mm-hmm. you know challenging me mm-hmm. and um you know those th- that kind of thing Mm-hmm. So, um, but what's the, what's the hardest stuff now? You know, now I think it gets to be like little things, like whether, you know, my, and what we would call annoyances, like mm-hmm. whether that's, uh, you know, your crumbs on the counter, mm-hmm. um, you know, those things that, that just annoy, you know, and for you, maybe when you, when you tend to lose things all over the house and I get Mm -hmm. you know like where are the keys why aren't the keys where they were before Mm -hmm. um like those kind of things are annoyances um but I think one of the things that uh I think we've really gotten into a groove now that we have an empty nest that's about to be fully nested again (laughs) this weekend Um, can't wait yeah and I, I think it's important in a marriage for people to have um, separate interests as well as Mm -hmm. I I think we do really well with having things that we like to do together, but also interests that we do separately. Mm -hmm. And so we're not like hundred percent. We don't necessarily need to be hundred percent together all the time. Yes. But I also think like, I really like that we, you know, we're separated during the day, you know, even if you're just working downstairs or I'm at work, but every night we come together and we sort of catch each other up on the day and, you know, talk about anything. We always know that we have a place. I think that that's a big part of um, what makes our marriage work is I think that there's always a place to to put something that we need to talk about. Like if I know that something's bothering me, I don't have to hold on to it and, and think and get anxious over when can I talk to Larry about this? Cause I know we'll talk about it at dinner. So right. nothing ever builds up that I think that that's a really big. So there's a predictability, part. there's a predictability mm-hmm. to the, to the relationship. I think that, and there's that space where you can talk about things and you don't have to build resentments. All right. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, hardest parts of marriage 
are that you and I are very, 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 very different people. And it's also what makes us work, of course, you know, we're yin and yang. Um, you know, most of the people that I'm closest to in my life are very, very different than me. Um, Maureen is very different than me. Jill is very different than me. Um, you're very different than me. So um, I definitely think that we're like a yin and yang, but I also think that there's obstacles that come along with that too, you know, because how I might approach a situation is very different than how you would approach a situation. Um, and I think that that showed up the most in our parenting. Would mm. you agree? I think it has shown up in our parenting. I would agree. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, we both were brought up very, very, very differently. So mm -hmm. why don't you talk a little bit about how you were brought up and how it affected your parenting? And then I will do the same. Uh, well, I was brought up, well, interestingly, we were both brought up in Northeast Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. We actually uh, grew up around the corner from each other. We lived, yeah, three blocks, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but we didn't know each other until later. Um, but I think I was brought up in your typical, what's the word, nuclear? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, married, yeah, married parents, uh, typical Jewish family. Um, you know, we lived on a street where everybody knew each other and everybody kind of hung out together. And, but we, but we were very, um, the neighborhood, we were very like limited. So I, I often talk about, uh, limited in terms of proximity, like the whole world revolved around, you know, you didn't go for people who know the area you didn't like going to oxford valley mall from northeast philadelphia was like you might as well have been taking a trip across the country <laughs> and i remember i remember uh when i was 10 mm -hmm. right we went to see rocky right and for mm -hmm. some reason we went to the eric at oxford valley mall which was somewhere around where we live now and i just remember thinking oh my god we're going north of nishamini the Nishamini exit on Route 1. And it was like, so, it, you know, it was like our, my life was bordered by Nishamini Mall in one direction, Roosevelt Boulevard <laughs> in another direction, Cotman <laughs> Avenue the other way, and then, you know, Philmont over here. And that was like, that was your your base, right? <laughs> you live right here. It's sort of like that that uh, line in that movie, this, this is where you live. You know, and he dances. And right, you know, right. Uh, right uh, <laughs> Hitch? Yes, yes. Yeah, or something like that. Mm -hmm. with, uh, what's the thing? Anyway, um, so, and, you know, I lived a very typical achievement orientation uh, family. Education was important. Um, you know, it, it, you know, were you going to be a doctor or a lawyer? And uh, I turned out to be a doctor, but not the, not the kind of doctor <laughs> that they thought I was going to be. <laughs> Larry has a them. PhD. I showed in, them a PhD in um, what is it? Psychology. Industrial psychology. I stuck um, it to stuck it to my parents. Yeah, I, not a medical doctor. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so, how did that impact my parenting? Um, I, I think. Oh, and the other thing was like, you know, we're generally risk averse, right? So, you know, going out on a limb, you know, we didn't we. <laughs> our vacation, we had wonderful vacations every year to Atlantic City, but we didn't fly, we didn't travel or anything like that, you know, to, to cross the country or things like that. So I think that showed up in my parenting in terms of, um, you know, just expecting the kind of achievement or for my kids and also, you know, being very, you know, wanting to give them a lot of stuff. So if my my nickname very early became Apple Daddy. Let me tell that. Let me tell the listeners why tell you have story. the nickname Apple Daddy. So when right. Arlie, our oldest daughter, was very young, probably three years old, one day she said to me, "When is Apple Daddy coming home?" And I said, "Who?" And she said, "Apple Daddy." And I said, "Apple Daddy." And she goes, "Yeah, Apple Daddy." So when he came home, when Larry came home, I said, why is Arlie calling you Apple Daddy? He says, oh, I have no idea. And then I catch him one day after this incident, feeding her Apple Jacks underneath the table. She was not allowed to have sugary cereals at the time. 
and he was feeding her apple jacks and that is when she nicknamed him apple daddy because he was the one giving her the apple jacks and that nickname of apple daddy has stuck in our family for years because larry is definitely the softer touch around here <laughs> the softer <And> side <laughs> he's the softer side of years, <laughs> as my mother would say um and so you know if they wanted to try to get away with something they would ask dad and if they really wanted solid advice, they would come to me. They wanted honest, that's still the case. Yes, absolutely. It's exactly the same. How do you think that that affected your parenting positively or negatively? Um, well, yeah, I think it positively, I think it, it's a way of um, demonstrating love, right? In a way that, you know, giving to your children um, and, um, providing for them and trying to meet their needs. Um, I think on the negative side, it, it doesn't, it didn't teach them um, how to do things on their own. Um, so, you know, I use, always use this example. So um, it, it, when I was in college, uh, I was, I went through all my freshman year and obviously I did my laundry because you have to wash your clothes. And uh, when I got to a fraternity and I moved into the fraternity house, um, we had chapter meetings. And at one of the meetings, somebody, one of the people who was in charge of the appliances in the house said, you know, you, we really need to clean the windscreen on the dryer. And um, I didn't know what a windscreen on the dryer was because I never cleaned a windscreen on a dryer. Because you didn't do uh, your own laundry, did you? Because I didn't do my own laundry um, until college. But even mm -hmm. in college, I didn't never clean the windscreen on the dryer because I didn't know there was one. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to call home and ask what a windscreen was. Um, and, you know, so I think learning the basic, what do you call them? The activities, activities of daily of living, daily living yes. <laughs> uh, I think is really important. So, um, you know, our kids, right? They started doing their own laundry when they went to camp, right? Isn't that kind of, that's they kind of- They were very young. <laughs> yeah, Middle they were school, young. I would say. Right, yeah. right. So um, so I think there's two sides of it, right? It's, it's between not asking them to do anything um, and leaving them to fend for themselves 100%. So mm -hmm. there's a happy mm -hmm. medium. And I think you and I were probably on both si opposite. opposite sides. I think that we were on opposite sides. Yeah, yes. that's what I mean. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, I was raised very differently than Larry. I came from a divorced family. Um, I lived primarily with my dad. Um, I saw my mom on occasion, and we were not uh, well off by any means. And so the attitude or the energy of my home was kind of fend for yourself. That was the feeling that I had. I know that, you know, we always had dinner together. Dinner was usually pizza that my dad would pick up or hoagies that we would get um, at the local deli, um, or sometimes my dad would make um, chicken. But for the most part, I was on my own to kind of figure out how to how to raise myself and i um even though that caused me a lot of pain in many many ways because i felt invisible and i felt um, like I, I wasn't being given the skills that i needed um it also created an incredibly independent self-sufficient woman so you know i did a lot of work on myself so that i would not create the same trauma in my children that I felt like I had. But I also felt that there was a lot of things from my childhood experience that were really important for kids and that they really needed that experience of figuring things out on their own, suffering a little, struggling a little, figuring out how to manage money, figuring out how to do laundry, figuring out how to cook, making sure they make their beds every day, you know, learning how that feels. Um, and I think that for the most part, you know, when I would, when I would, you know, present my side of wanting to do things that way, I would say most of the time you were fine with it. There were times though, 
that you would see things very differently. And I would feel like you're the good guy and I'm the bad guy in every scenario. And that caused friction for many, many years, I would, I would think, don't you? Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, we definitely had uh, different ways of seeing things. And I think over time we've grown uh, more in the parallel direction than, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like that in terms of parenting. Um, you know, we start, I remember we started, uh, everyone cooks one night a week, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that wasn't something I was used to. Um, so the kids would make a meal and each one, and then you and I would make something for four nights of four days of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, you know, when they're in their dorms, they can make nice meals and send us pictures of them. <laughs> yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I think it's it was definitely a, an adjustment uh, for me. And um, do you see the value in it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I don't want to do their laundry anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the goal should, you know, they should be, kids should be taught to be independent eventually, right? And then kick them out of the nest and then they uh, <laughs> live on their own. Right. No, but I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you shouldn't, there are certain things that, you know, you need life skills to manage in the world. And um, the earlier you start, the better. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I'm not. You're welcome. Yeah, I did a good job. <laughs> I know there's a compliment coming somewhere. Well, just yes. say it. You were right. You were right, Rob. Thank oh, God for that. you, Rob. I say that all the time. Okay, we'll say it you for the people. Right, Rob. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Okay, you're you, welcome. Rob. You're welcome. That you're welcome. Out pretty well, Rob. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I think that the balance of having them uh, figure things out on their own combines with the softer touch that I think we both did. You were definitely more on that end, but you know, I, I wanted to make sure that you know, our children felt loved and cared for and that there was always a safe place to fall, that we were a safe right. place to fall. And I think that we, um, we, we managed it. I am pretty proud of our parenting. Yeah, I think we did pretty well. I mean, you know, I'm sure most of that is you. Oh, there we go. Now we're talking. (laughs) I can, you know, I can barely barely manage myself on a daily basis. But, um, you know, I remember thinking, uh, I remember thinking when the kids were young and they would like, and and even now, like they would ask questions. And and I know that like I'm in my fifties now, but I I kind of feel like I'm like still a teenager and not like Mm -hmm. physically, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, they would ask questions and I would be like, why are you asking me this question? Like, I, we're, you know, we're like the same age almost. And <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> just like, you know, kids who look up to their parents is like these all, you know, they look, they say uh, the all knowing adults. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're just muddling through just like the rest. I still feel that way about my own dad. I mean, I still often, yeah, I always say to you, ask my dad, ask my dad, my dad knows. Right. You know, I always used right. to think, and he always jokes about that, you know, and he'll be like, I don't know. I know you think I know everything, but I don't. And that was a sad day when you realize your parents don't know everything. That was yeah, rough. Yeah, That was rough. Well, even yesterday, how- uh, Harley said, she asked about how to ask for a raise. Right. Right. And I said, and I was thinking, how do you ask for a raise? <laughs> like- and I was like, you ask for it. Here's, here's what you say. Boom, 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 send. Right. But at first you're like, huh, that's a really good question. <laughs> Let me ask somebody who knows. So anyway. Yeah. How are you feeling about the empty nest? I love the empty nest. I mean, I miss the kids. <laughs> of course. Of Let course. me just get that out there. Uh-huh. I love my kids. Uh-huh. And I miss them. Mm-hmm. But I do love the empty nest. Why do you think you love it so much? um house is cleaner the house is cleaner although if i turned around this ipad you'd see the island and you wouldn't be happy Mm -hmm. um oh i would like to officially 
Yeah. Apologize to the children. I say to it me? all the time. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm apologizing to the children. Yeah. For thinking that you were the reason the kitchen was always a mess because I think you're you about left to the house. Throw me under the bus. Yeah. Since you left the house, the kitchen is as much of a mess as it was before you left. And right. I have come to the conclusion you were not the problem. Dad was the problem. I was hiding Correct. behind them. I was yes. hiding behind them the whole he time. He was really throwing you guys under the bus all those years saying, I wasn't me, but it really yeah. has been him because <laughs> he doesn't clean time. up a blessed thing. No, he, it, I do clean up. Crumb, I don't know. You say you clean up, but there's crumbs and See, these are the things that are hard over. about, hard about the marriage, it. right? Yeah. This we is probably our biggest levels. issue. We have different levels of uh, cleanliness. Right. What? So. Right. I prefer oh. not to have my kitchen sticky and you don't mind it. Don't mind it. Doesn't matter to I me. Mm-hmm. Doesn't bother me it. one iota. <laughs> Stickier the better. <laughs> um, so what were you saying? I don't remember how what the question feel, was. How do you feel about the empty nest? Oh, I like it's quieter. There's less activity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes the activity got a little overwhelming mm-hmm. um, with different things going on and I'm being asked questions work all the time. School, quest, right? questions, yeah. right? Constant questions. Like, have you seen to my? Know? Can I go to? Is it all right if? Oh my right. God! I, I don't want to think anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Too old to think. Yeah, it's enough. So, um, can I take the car? Plus, you you redid the entire downstairs and upstairs. Well, not the whole upstairs, but you redid the whole living room. Mm-hmm. So it's like now a quiet oasis of mm-hmm. Shangri La relaxation. Yeah, comfort. Um, yeah, Recliners. so. I do enjoy it, and um, it's just a simpler life. Yes. We should tell everybody about Sundays with Mother. You want to tell them? No, I think you should tell them. Sundays with Mother is a <laughs> ritual, a new family ritual with just the two of us, where we eat our dinner in front of the TV <laughs> in the living room. Just like old people do. Just like, yeah, just like you know, old people do. Watching Wheel of Fortune, but we don't watch Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> we don't watch Wheel. We don't watch Wheel. We watch <laughs> CBS Sunday morning. And 60 Minutes. And 60 Minutes, but it just reminds me of like, you know, in olden times when the TV <laughs> dinners, like the Swanson TV dinners, and you just sit in front of the TV mm-hmm. and uh, we don't talk. We don't talk because we do talk every day. We talk we every do. night, we sit down for dinner and we have, we talk, but there's also something really fun about having Sundays with mother where we just take our reheated food. It's every man for himself. And we just sit in front of the TV and we do not talk and we just watch with our program and we mm. eat our food and it's fun. Mm. And, and in, in, Delicious. The, in the spirit of full disclosure, I should say that we do occasionally have a Thursday night edition of Sundays with Mother when which it's been a particularly be difficult week. Yes, which is tonight. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. But we will be some, doing that. Some people have, the kids have happy hour on Thursday. You know, we have special Sunday night, Thursday night edition of Sundays with Mother. Exactly. All right. So, um, okay. So let's do a quick marriage tag. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. just ask each other a couple questions. We got these off the internet. We just thought this would be fun. So there was a whole bunch of questions. We're not going to ask each other all of them. I picked a few to ask and uh, Larry doesn't know what they are, what these questions are. And he picked a few and I don't know what they are. They may be the same ones. We have no idea. So you're asking me about we're just, you. We're just, we're winging it, huh? Just, just go with me here. Okay. <laughs> all right. You're not asking me about me. You're we'll asking figure me it out you. as we go. Okay. We'll figure it out. Okay. So you need to know the rules. I know you do. I know. This is again, this is this is how we were raised <laughs> very differently. He had he needs to know the structure, and I just kind of go with it and I'll figure it out once I get there, kind of thing. Um, okay. So or sometimes later. How how about if you ask a question and then okay. I'll ask a question? Go ahead. Okay. So where did we go on our first date? I don't know the name of the restaurant, but I know right. that it was a restaurant in Jenkintown. Yes. It is not there anymore. Do you know the name of it? Yeah. What Rodolfo's. Rodolfo's, oh, right? Really? But what was the what was the the funny 
piece of that. that you brought a coupon i did i think it was buy one get one free entree <laughs> and um, where was the coupon date. from from the entertainment the book, the entertainment <laughs> book that your mother book. gave you, that your mother gave, gave you on the way out That's the door. Right. I wonder if your mother remembers this. She was, she is a very loyal listener of the pod, so she'll have watcher. to she watch her. It. Yeah, she watches it. Sometimes she listens, but yeah. she'll let us know whether she remembers giving you that coupon. But um, that was when I knew that you were for me because I exactly. love a man that that can save money. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> What is what is my weirdest habit? Your weirdest habit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's weird, but you like a lot of ice. That's true. And you like a lot of lemon. That's so true. And so that there is weird. was there was one time <laughs> that you said to a waitress, "Can you on bring the beach?" Me- was it on the beach? It you was said, on the beach. That was the best part. It was so hot. I needed a lot of lemon and a lot of ice. You needed a lot of lemon and a lot of ice. And I was hot. Drink and the as- drinks were melting. I Wait, in my defense, the, the, ice was melt- the ice was melting as quickly as it was coming. And I want my <laughs> drinks cold. And you said, bring me as much ice as you can carry. <laughs> yes. Like I she was going to come in a big Santa sack. <laughs> With ice, <laughs> dump it. No, the chair. best part, the best part of that story is that I said I yelled. Oh, I remember vividly. We were on a beach. I think it was in Mexico, um, and I turned. I had ordered a drink, an unsweetened iced tea, and I said extra ice and extra lemon and she started to walk away and i yelled because i started to panic and i yelled as much ice as you can carry and you stared at me and you said i'm sorry did you just tell that waitress to bring as much ice as you can carry and that's (laughs) why right that's why you're so much fun to be married to because you will point out all these ridiculous things that i say and do um, and you just find them funny. And, and now, you're... as people like grow together, mm-hmm. I can't have, I, I have to have ice as well. I right. have to have a it's lot so of ice weird. too. Yeah, I you know. develop the same habit. I know. Um, it's weird. Okay, it's your turn for a question. Oh, was that just the first question? Mm-hmm. Um, no. Oh, my question is what is my favorite sandwich? Peanut butter and jelly. No, peanut butter and honey now. Yeah. Or peanut butter and figgy spread. Oh, my God, the figgy spread. Mm -hmm. That's true. I love peanut butter. Yes. Um, What was your very first impression of me? Um, I remember you were what I would call bubbly. (laughs) (laughs) You were very funny. We had a very good witty repartee and <laughs> and we also had the same car which i thought was that is was weird. weird yeah that different colors weird. but yeah, the same different car. colors same car it was a honda civic right same car same model same, same year trim. same yeah, year everything yeah how weird everything is that was the same that is weird yeah yeah so that it is did, weird. but that did have an effect on me too because i thought wow he thinks like me you know like you we, we were simpatico in that way I thought. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Do we want to tell the funny rabbi story? Sure. Tell the funny <laughs> rabbi story. Which is a very early story in our relationship, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is we went to synagogue. I don't remember what synagogue it was, somewhere on the main line. And we were sitting next to each other and we were just joking and flirting and all that stuff. And but we were not dating yet. We were just. We were not dating. There. This was mm-hmm. pre date. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> you said something to me about the rabbi. And you said, isn't that interesting? He's African-American, mm-hmm. right? And I said, and I kind of looked at you like you were nuts. And I said- I remember. You were standing to my left. I said, I don't think he's African-American. I think he's just tan. <laughs> and you said, no, he's definitely African-American. And then we decided we were going to figure it out at the after thing. The Oneg Shabbat. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The 
the uh, little food thing afterwards. We don't get <laughs> Jews together and not offer them food. That's no, the only that's, reason we were there. That's for the just free wrong. food. Yeah. We were there for the free food. Was mm-hmm. it good? It was fine for free food. Yeah. I so, do remember we went out to dinner even after we ate the free food, but that's not a dinner there. Magios, right? No, I don't remember, but go ahead. It's not important. Uh, uh, and then, so we, we had to get close to him. And so we got close to him. And I remember you whispering to me, you're right. <laughs> He's, <laughs> He's not African-American. Right. He's dead. He must have went on a trip. <laughs> And we laughed and laughed and laughed, and oh, that's when I God. agreed. That's when I agreed to go out with you, and exactly. that was the beginning of this happy fairy tale ever since. I know, right? Right. So before fun. we wrap up, I well, would just like to wrap up already. Just about um, in summary, since in we summary. are married, and I this is our marriage episode. Is there mm-hmm. any advice you would give out there to the young folk? or maybe families that are struggling. What do you think the secret to a happy marriage is? I have, I have a very clear idea in my mind for myself, but I'm wondering what yours are. Why don't you go first? No, because maybe it's the same and I don't want to steal your thunder. What is, what's the secret to a happy marriage? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the secret is to not uh, stress over the small stuff, mm-hmm. right? To have... Um, to be able to talk about stuff, to not mm-hmm. keep it inside, mm-hmm. to be able to work things out, um, mm-hmm. to stay calm, um, mm-hmm. uh, to work on yourself mm-hmm. um, so that you can be a good partner, mm-hmm. um, to know, uh, how, do I, how do I put this? To know like, what's important to the other person mm-hmm. and what their background has been so that you mm-hmm. don't step in there. Uh, yeah. Those, yeah. Like the minefields that, mm-hmm. you know, we, we all have certain issues and triggers and to be mindful of those and to not use those as mm-hmm. weapons mm-hmm. Um, and to be sensitive to uh, the other person's uh, feelings, the needs, wants, mm-hmm. and that those things can change over time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's deeper. Was it? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> it was a lot deeper than I thought you were going to go. Huh? Really? <laughs> yeah. In fact, I was just going to say one thing, but now I'm going to say two because you've inspired me. The one thing I was going to say, and the first thing that jumped to my mind is laugh. I think that you yeah, that have helps. to laugh. I mean, you just have to laugh at the things that upset you, the things that make you mad. They're all ridiculous. Most of them are. And um, to be able to just not take yourself or the other person too seriously, I think that is the key. I really do, at least for me and for us. Um, but the other piece that I think is important that you didn't mention that I think is also really, really big is that don't assume that because you're triggered by your partner, that your partner has done anything wrong. A lot of times you just, you personally have certain triggers that are personal to you that your partner accidentally stepped on. You know, like if I have, you know, a trigger of not feeling listened to and your part and and Larry is distracted and I'm really angry at him because he's not listening to me to, to also acknowledge that while that's annoying that, you know, he should have been listening or he should have said, I can't listen to you right now. And that's also true. But the bigger issue is that I have to own my stuff, that I have issues around that. Um, so not to put too much meaning on uh, the things that trigger us and not put too much meaning on the other person as if they've somehow purposely tried to hurt us. Or, you know, I've told them a thousand times, why does he keep doing that? It's not really, you know, you know, people are, are wildly imperfect and we have to keep our own side of the street clean, I would say. And I think, can I yeah. add one more thing? Last thing, thing sure. Um, that I think we, you have to realize that the issues that you have, as much as you work on them, they're mm-hmm. always there. So mm-hmm. like, you know, whether the attaboy kind of, achievement external reinforcement type stuff 
even though you can bring it to consciousness or you can bring, um, you know, like your issue issues about not being listened to, you can bring that to conscious. It's all consciousness. It's always there. Um, and it, it, it just, it, it's always good to be aware of what your issues are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they ever disappear. 100%. They don't disappear, but I think the more you work on them, the better you can manage them. Yeah. And the more you can acknowledge, oh, this is a sensitive issue for me. And it's not necessarily that my partner has done anything to me. It's this is an issue for me. You could take more responsibility for your own self. And then the other person doesn't have to take it as right. um, as an offense to them. Right. Like mm-hmm. you could say, oh, this is, you know, their You've this is their issue about wrong. about blah, 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 blah. It's mm-hmm. not really about me. Right. Exactly. Like if I have a big overreaction, you don't have to think, oh my God, I've done something terribly wrong. It's just, oh, she's having this overreaction because this is a sensitive issue for her. And you can own that, well, I should have been more sensitive, but not mm-hmm. own the whole the whole reaction. Right. So. Right. Okay. Well, we are about to end. Um, I wanted to say before uh, we sign off that I am going to be doing uh, that Q&A format uh, throughout the second season. I'm going to do them every two or three episodes because people really enjoyed them. So feel free to submit questions anytime after any podcast, and I will keep a running list of them, and I will answer all of your questions um, when I do that podcast of Q&A. And I want to thank Larry. Thank you, Larry, for coming on Thanks, the pod. Thanks, Robin. It was a Thanks pleasure. It's a pleasure meeting you. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope I come back again sometime. <laughs> you absolutely will. And please follow me on Instagram at robins underscore nest underscore pod. And you can also watch these podcasts on YouTube by searching Robin's Nest Podcast. And with that, I thank you for being here. And I will see you next week for our finale. And then I will see you after the new year. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lar. You're welcome. See you later. See ya. Mm-hmm.